This is the Bitcoin and Markets Podcast. My name is Ansel Lindner, and I'm keeping you ahead of the curve in Bitcoin. Hello, Bitcoiners. What's up? Back with another episode. You can tell that my voice is a little bit stuffy, and this is one reason why I haven't been recording over the last few days. I've had a very stuffed up nose. I'm pretty sure that it's not the coronavirus, but don't hold me to that one. <laughs> uh, I did do some last minute traveling, unfortunately, uh, to a funeral and it could not be avoided, but I, I was as responsible as I could be. And uh, I did get a cold there apparently, but uh, I'm not having any sort of cough, any sort of fatigue. It's all just, uh, you know, in the sinuses. So I don't think that this has anything to do with the coronavirus at this point, but Anyways, I am self-isolating. We have moved uh, into our home now for the foreseeable future, at least myself and my kids. My wife still has to venture out to her job, at least for the next day. Uh, we'll see if they let her work from home after after tomorrow. But anyway, so that's what's going on with my stuffy nose. But let's get into this bombshell that just happened with the Fed. Now, I'm going to be releasing this on Patreon first, and then I'll release it to uh, the public feed in a few days. But this is breaking information. On Sunday, what, what are we, Sunday evening, the FOMC got together and they decided to cut rates all the way to zero. And if you're not living under a rock, you probably saw this already on Twitter and stuff like that. But there are some other big bombshells in here that I wanted to relate to you. So in the show notes, I'll put a link to this article that I'm talking about here, as well as the, from the horse's mouth, uh, I'll get the actual transcript from the Federal Reserve, and I'll put that in there as well. Okay, so as we all know, uh, last week they decided to cut rates by 50 basis points. Uh, they were reactionary to the market. The market was already dropping, had already hit these lower rates, and so the Fed had to follow. It had to keep some semblance of control, even though at this point, it's almost obvious that they have no control. And if you look, do look at the chart of interest rates, then the interest rate trickles up, the Fed moves, and then the interest rate goes down and the Fed starts cutting. So when, when, we're when they were thinking that they were going to normalize and they could pull stuff off of their balance sheet and, and increase rates... They were actually just following the market. And when the now over the last six months, with ever since pretty much September, uh, when they started cutting rates again, um, they have just been following the market. And this is plain as day when you look at, when you overlay a chart of the Fed cuts and the interest rates, you can obviously see that they're, they're following. Because the Fed is not in control. That's a very important thing to understand in this situation. The Fed is not in control. Their real, like the federal funds rate is not their real monetary policy weapon. And I'm pissed at myself that over the last 20 years, like I didn't, I didn't realize this until probably a year ago that the Fed is impotent. The Fed's real monetary weapon is forward guidance. It's the confidence. It is where does the Fed see us going? What is the Fed's plan? And that informs the market how to behave. It sounds, it sounds weird, but there is nothing that enforces this Fed funds rate to go lower. If they 
wanted to lower the Fed funds rate, but then free market wanted to push up the, the interest rate, the interest rate would go up and the Fed could do nothing about it. And right now, the interest rate wants to go down. Why? Because everybody is fleeing to the dollar. Everybody is fleeing to any semblance of a positive rate at this point as a safe haven. That's it. Plus, uh, the treasuries, these treasuries are seen as collateral for the system. So all of this repo madness that, that has been going on, it's not just a problem with liquidity. The liquidity is a problem because there's not enough, say, cash out there to to meet these banks' needs. But it's also a problem with collateral. There's not enough collateral in the form of these treasury bills or um, mortgage-backed securities or whatever to stand for the cash. And so the Fed, like they did the other day, where they tried to offer up $1.5 trillion dollars in liquidity in the repo markets and only 120 billion dollars was used like less than 10 percent of what was on offer and that is not because the liquidity isn't there it's because the collateral isn't there to stand in for that so anyway the the interest rates are crashing and this goes along with this strong dollar hypothesis so this is 100 percent right as far as i'm concerned at this point the dollar is getting stronger it is wreaking havoc globally and We'll see in these comments here how that is. Okay, let's take a look at this first one. So they cut rates to 0%. And they also offered $700 billion in QE. And remember, they're already doing $60 billion a month. And now they're going to do $700 billion more uh, in total. However fast that is going to go, I don't, I'm not sure. Probably roughly $100 billion a month, I'm guessing, or maybe more we'll see but they so they yeah they plunged it the interest rates uh, or the fed funds rate from 1 down to 0 of course the the regular free market rates were already going that way that's the big thing they also talked about uh cutting back on the required reserves so banks you know they have a required reserve i believe it's like 8% under basel 3 and a lot of banks are over that actually they're the banks are actually quite well capitalized, um, but they aren't lending. They just aren't lending <laughs> for a multitude of reasons. So what the Fed has done is say, you can have a reserve ratio of zero, basically. There's no reserve ratio. Go out there and lend money into existence. Because remember, if the Fed does these cute pumps in a billion dollars, they want the commercial banks, they want other banks to pyramid on top of that and create a trillion dollars worth of new dollars. That's one reason why if you pay off debt, it's actually strength, it strengthens the dollar because for every dollar that you, of debt that you pay off, it probably uh, consolidates $5 worth of debt, right? Because if your loan uh, was the uh, deposit that they made a bunch of other loans off of, uh, you can collapse a whole pyramid scheme of loans basically by paying off the debt and that so that's not a good thing it actually strengthens the dollar in that case uh, they're fighting it from both sides here they're fighting from they're, they're fighting it from the supply side so that's what i just described if you pay off the debt it actually re restricts the supply faster than it restricts the demand and if you try to ease the demand you hand out dollars basically to uh, meet the demand for dollars 
um, that only temporarily meets that demand. By having an increased supply of dollars, that means in the future, there's an increased demand for dollars. Because remember, dollars are a unit of debt. So any dollar means that there's demand for a dollar in the system. It's a tautology, but that's the way it is with fiat money when it's based on debt. You can never pay it off. If, if you did, you wouldn't have any dollars left. Um, and so the more that they pump out there, the more QE they do, the more pyramiding that they do on the base money, the more demand there is for dollars. That They have it both from the supply and the demand side. They're, they're stuck in a box and they cannot get out. They are panicking. The Fed is absolutely panicking. They can see their system grinding to a halt. The economy is going to grind to a halt. I believe this move was made today and there's going to be a major announcements of some uh, lockdowns starting in the United States tomorrow. That's why they, they moved today. But we'll see what happens. They're, they're either going to have to go negative, they're going to have to go to helicopter money pretty soon. But right now, the dollar is getting stronger. If you are not out of your stock positions, you need to get out of stocks. It could go down 50% or more from here. And it's already down 20%. So the overall crash, we don't know how low it can go, but it would be, it's going to be very scary. I remember talking about this with Kent on my other podcast, AK Global, with him. And, uh, you know, we were kind of looking at the charts and where could this go? Where could this bottom? Where the This was months ago. Uh, if you go back and listen to some of those other episodes, I, we haven't pre- released an episode in a couple months now. But we were talking about the stock market and how low could it actually go. And we were looking at that low in 2008. And we're saying, you know, the the fair market value was still lower than it got in 2008 because they bailed out the banks and they bailed out the system there. So where could it go this time? Well, it could go there. It could go even lower than there. We'll have to see what happens. Remember, everything overshoots on the downside. Everything overshoots on the upside. So it could overshoot to the downside below 2008 lows. That would be in freaking sane. Um, I think all of this is going to lead to a new Plaza Accord, or to even a new Bretton Woods system. Uh, We'll have to see because, uh, so the Plaza Accord, it was put in place to, uh, it was a managed uh, depreciation of the dollar around the world. And um, they're going to have to do something like that again because the dollar is going to get stronger and stronger. If they just let this go, dollar will shoot up uh, by probably 100%. In a matter of weeks so uh, they're gonna have to do something like a plaza and i'm talking like soon within the next month and a Bretton Woods system would be like if this coronavirus completely wrecks economies there would need to be a Bretton Woods uh, a whole new financial system made up a- any way you slice it though bitcoin will be on people's minds at that at that event whether it's going to be like you know what are we going to do about bitcoin or Maybe we should have Bitcoin as reserves. That might be talked about. And maybe some uh, marginal countries will be like, ah, we don't like this deal because the U.S. has taken the lead and they screwed it up last time. Uh, we're going to, you know, we can always go to Bitcoin and they can maybe even have a coalition of smaller marginal countries that say they're going to go to Bitcoin. Uh, it, it could get drastic um, very, very quickly. So we'll have to wait and see how this plays out. One thing I wanted to find in here 
Okay, this is on the topic of swap lines. Let me see. Let me pull up this link here. Okay, this was a separate announcement that came out uh, at today. Again, Sunday, March 15th at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Quote, the Bank of Canada, the Bank of England, the Bank of Japan, European Central Bank, Federal Reserve, and the Swiss National Bank are today announcing a coordinated action to enhance the provision of liquidity via the standing U.S. dollar liquidity swap line arrangements. This is U.S. dollar liquidity swap lines. And this is exactly what I was talking about on Friday's newsletter and some of my tweets recently uh, talking about these swap lines and the shadow banking system, the currency swaps. So these currency swaps are, uh, it's one-for-one trades with... um, Maybe the U.S. government and uh, the Swiss government, the French government, or whoever. Uh, it could also be with large institutions, um, huge pension funds, hedge funds, uh, these types of players. And uh, the U.S. will just give them dollars. I mean, it's more complicated than that, but it's basically to hand out dollars to meet that burden. And that would hopefully decrease the strength of the dollar while also helping service the, that debt for those the receivers of that money. But again, this is all of these central banks met in an emergency situation and they're coordinating U.S. dollar liquidity swap lines. So that t- tells me blatantly 100% right here, this is a melt up in the dollar. The dollar is getting stronger and stocks are getting weaker. Oil's going to drop. The economy is going through the floor here. Be advised on this. Now, how do you position yourself for this? Well, if you're a listener to the show, you are already a Bitcoiner, so you probably have uh, at least a significant portion of your own assets in Bitcoin. Other than that, cash. Uh, You need to have cash on the side and be ready to buy the dips in Bitcoin because this is Bitcoin could get hammered here again. And if it does, then you're ready to buy. If it doesn't, then you still are ready to DCA in here. But cash is the place to be versus stocks. It might even be the place to be right now immediately versus Bitcoin. Uh, But I wouldn't sell your Bitcoin because it's going to be very volatile and it's going to be very hard to pick bottoms and tops because it could drop 10% here. Then it could spike 20% and you're like, oh, well, it's already gone 20%. It's going to go back down and then it goes up another 20% and then you're screwed, right? Because you sold all your Bitcoins lower. So it's best to um, continue to hodl your Bitcoin stash, have your percentage, you know, your allocation set up, and then use that cash to slowly accumulate more on the dips. I have been unloading as many dollars as I can right here by Bitcoin. So see how this goes. Um, Other than that, gold will outperform the dollar, most likely. I mean, gold will be correlated at this moment to Bitcoin. So Bitcoin and gold could lose versus the dollar in a very short term. But over the couple month time frame out to a year, we're looking at a much stronger Bitcoin and a stronger gold. So gold, cash, and Bitcoin, that's the place to be. Also, in a weird way, freaking U.S. Treasuries, because they are going to continue to go down. They're going negative. They're going negative in a big way. 
So I think that treasuries are still going to be a place to be, even though it's going to be very dangerous because if there is a blow up, you could lose that entire position. So uh, be very careful with that if, if you're going to go and play with U.S. treasuries in any way. Oil, other commodities are going to go through the floor. The economy is grinding to a halt. Make sure that you have, I tweeted out today, make sure you have two months worth of income that you can live off of in case you lose a job or you have to take extended unpaid leave from your job. You need to have a cushion. So cut back on minor things that you don't need and save up that two months at least. It'd be nice to have six months, wouldn't it? Six months of cash that you have, um, you feel secure because if you do lose your job, or like I said, you have to take that unpaid leave, uh, then you can do that. Also, at minimum two weeks of food, um, maximum I would say two months, maybe three months of food. Make sure you have a rotation plan for these things. Um, this is the mature thing to be worried about right now. Like, I brought my girls, my daughters into. Uh, our little prep area and I have, you know, all of our cans lined up and, and stuff. And I'm like, look, so I just want you girls to see this right now. They're like, whoa, we have so much stuff. Oh my gosh. We're going to get sick of this food. And, and uh, I told them that this is what it looks like to be prepared, uh, to be ready for anything. And so I think that's kind of, um, that is being responsible. I feel, I feel very responsible at this moment and hope you guys do too. Um, I hope you're prepared. If you're not, time is now because lockdowns are coming. If they're not coming tomorrow, it might already be too late. But if, if lockdowns are coming tomorrow, uh, you know, get out there ASAP. So anyway, this is Sunday night, March 15th. Thank you guys for supporting the show. Appreciate you. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>